Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, session number 11. This edition of the podcast was recorded on my recent trip to San Francisco, where I sat down for breakfast with Ron Suber and Steve Vermoot. And afterwards, I whipped out my audio recorder and recorded this interview with Ron Suber. Now, keep in mind, this was back in March. He predicted actually $75 million for March and Prosper came in just over 77. And this is also before they had crossed the $1 billion mark, which they did very recently. So um, just keep that in mind as you're listening. But there's a lot of good stuff here. He talks a lot about the borrowers, how they're going to drive growth, how they um, feel about the institutional investors and the retail investors, and just lots of lots of things that are exciting things that are happening at Prosper. So enjoy the interview. Okay, on the podcast today, we have Ron Suber, president of Prosper. Welcome to the podcast, Ron. Thank you, Peter. Good to see you. Okay. So let's just talk about the what, what's happening with Prosper today. You just had uh, a couple of $5 million a day uh, in, in loans issued. So what, what's been driving this, uh, this growth lately? So the demand from our retail and institutional lenders has been very, very strong. And that's really led us to double and triple our investments into our borrower acquisition strategies. And so we've really been working with our direct mail campaign to include a couple new ways and additional ways to find new borrowers throughout the country via direct mail. And you've probably heard us with TV and radio and podcasts. And more importantly, we've really uh, unrolled and rolled out a new digital marketing strategy using social media much, much more. And we've worked very closely with our affiliates and partners, which has led to this very large increase in listings and will probably lead to over $75 million in originations this month of March. Hmm. Okay. So then you've recently, you know, you've recently switched your focus. You were, on, you were doing investor sales for the first year and a bit that you were at Prosper, and now you're really focused on the borrower side. So what, what are the channels that are really you're focusing on? How are you really going to drive, uh, drive the growth going forward? So Aaron and Steve and I have worked together since 2008, and really not much is changing uh, given the titles that we have all changed to uh, earlier this week. I think the big initiatives you're going to see from all of us, from Prosper and Aaron, Steve and I, are this brand new mobile strategy, even more improvements to the credit policy, and some an increasingly institutionalization of Prosper as we move offices and hire more engineers and do application by phone, and really respond to some of the requests from our retail and institutional lenders, and more importantly, from the borrowers. They really want a deeper, faster, better mobile strategy. Hmm. So you're going to be you're going to be trying to source borrowers on, on mobile phones? We definitely are. We I think that any company without a mobile strategy in 2015 won't be in the marketplace, and we intend to be there. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So... So you recently, one of the things that Lend Academy readers appreciated was the recent change to limit institutional investors on the retail platform to 10% of the loans. I mean, how are you seeing a growth in retail investors putting money onto the platform now as a result of that? We are. And as you know, my background comes from being a retail lender into Lending Club and Prosper for many years prior to joining Prosper in January of 2013. 
And we've heard from our retail lenders that they want more. And they want more loans across all of the ratings, the AA, A, B, C, D, E, and H, R. And so we're responding to our retail lenders by putting more loans, more inventory in the retail pool, and limiting any one person's ability to buy to no more than 10%. And we're going to be improving the AQI and premier programs we have for retail. But our, our response is the more retail comes, the more we will make loans available to retail. It's a really critical part of Prosper and the peer-to-peer platforms. Okay, so then are you? how do you decide, like... You've got, you've got your whole loan platform, you've got your retail platform. How do you decide what goes where? On a, is it a daily basis, monthly, weekly? What do you do? So every day we post loans in the morning and the afternoon. And we have a random, automated, independent process that we've built. It's been tested by all the accounting firms and the big, big groups that have come in to test us for fairness. And we randomly allocate between the fractional pool and the whole loan pool. So we don't pick. It's really based on demand. If the retail demand is there, we can add more to the retail pool. It's really a supply and demand balance. And we're really trying to keep the platform balanced so that all the investors and all the borrowers are met. And I think one of the key points here is we're now funding loans in two and three days from the moment the borrower comes to the moments the lenders invest in the loans. And that's down from nine days. So we're trying to make it easier and quicker and quality for both borrowers and lenders through the balance of retail and institutional. Okay, so then uh, you, it was pretty clear for a while there you really you were, had a real focus on institutional investors. So what, are you saying now that you're going to be you're moving away from that focus? I mean, what's, 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 you know, is the retail investor going to get a better deal coming forward? So we would admit that we have more retail demand at the moment and we're going to be making an increased commitment and supply of loans to our retail lenders. And I really think that we got a little bit out of balance, that the demand from the institutions overwhelmed our inventory capabilities a bit. But now that we'll be doing $75 million this month and closer to $100 million we estimate next month, we think there'll be lots of inventory and we'll be able to help the retail get more inventory and have a platform that's even more inventory towards our retail lender clients. Okay. Okay. So then, can retail investors expect to see you know more than a hundred loans on the platform at some point? I mean, right now it's it's always it seems to be staying between like ten and I mean fifty, eighty maybe when we get when loans are added. But what like what can we see as far as do you have a sense of that? How we're going to see it going forward? I think it's a great question, and it's something we talk about daily, if not weekly. And we're trying to keep it balanced. Yesterday there were sixty-five loans in the morning in the retail fractional pool. It got all the way down to twenty-five. A lot was put in there this morning. And as retail continues to come and invest and put cash in the platform, and we can see it, we can make that pool even greater, again, based on demand. What we don't want to have is loans put in either of the pools, retail or the whole pool, and they don't get funded and they expire and we disappoint our borrowers. Right. So we're really trying to maintain that balance between lenders, both retail and institutional, and borrowers. But I think that's right. I think we'd like to see over 50 loans in the retail fractional pool and lots more retail lenders on the platform. Okay, so I chatted with Scott Sanborn over at Lending Club, and he was talking about the fact that there are new investors coming on today that aren't necessarily wanting to pick loans. They're wanting just to say, right, I want to get exposure to you know, C, D, and E grade loans or whatever it is. And they don't, they're not really doing any filtering. They just, they just want exposure to, to that. Are you, are you seeing that same trend over at Prosper? We're seeing two trends, and I would agree with Scott. This new investor 
both retail and institutional, many times is indexed and passive and that they really want the platform average, that they're going for the beta trade. They want exposure to the platforms. They don't think they can add alpha by picking loans or picking CDE. And they're coming in passively. We have new lenders, retail lenders, who let you put in X number of dollars every week or every month, and they just say buy a little bit of everything, buy $50 of everything as much as you can in the AQI or Premier programs. Hmm. Or we see them doing it themselves. The big draw down on performance is cash drag. And right. I think what some lenders, both retail and institutions, have realized, if you have cash in your account and it's not getting the yield of the platform, it's really pulling down your whole account's performance. So this passive index investor is doing better than the active in many cases because they're limiting or eliminating their cash drag. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's about exposure here and capacity. Right, right. And obviously, from your perspective, you like those people because they're, gonna, they're going to basically take whatever you put out there. We're, that's right. We're, we're, we're trying to run a matched book where we have enough lenders and enough borrowers, and the lenders want all the different kind of loans. So we don't want to have a lot of extra double A's or a lot of extra C's. And the more people come in passively and or index, it eliminates the tail. But at the moment, every single loan that we're able to process and approve and validate and verify is being funded across every size and every loan right. grade, both three and five year term. Right. Although you would, I mean, you see what's left on the platform often are the double A's and A's. They're the ones that seem to be funded slower than the higher interest. Does that mean, would you say that demand is higher at the higher yields? The retail demand is definitely higher at the higher yields. And that's a topic that we discussed earlier at breakfast. If we find that we're putting double A's or A's in the retail pool and that the, that the retail people don't want those loans, which is okay, it's their choice, we may have to bring on an institution or a bank that is banging on our door to come on the platform who want to buy those loans. And, and that's something we're working with our retail client base. What type of loans do they want? How much loans do they want? So we put the right amount in the fractional pool. But as you said, if the double A's go unfunded and fractional, or some of them, we may have to bring on a bank who wants to come on April 1st and buy double A's. It's a supply and demand. Right. So would you then consider bringing on somebody if the loan is unfunded after like a week, whatever, then you can just, someone else can just take the balance? Is that what you're talking about? Because you don't really want, if you've got the demand there, you don't want the loan to go unfunded. We agree with that. And the banks want to buy whole loans double A. So we have not allowed too many new institutions or banks to come on right. because we're really making sure we have enough inventory for our retail fractional clients. Again, we're going to continue to work with retail. We communicate with retail every day. And if we see there's just too many AA's not fully funded by retail, in the future, we'll just move some to institutional and let the bank or banks buy those AA whole loans up front. Still keeping enough in fractional, but if retail doesn't want the AA's, we will sell them to the institutions. Right. Okay. And I think a key point here, Peter, is there will be no platform in this country that doesn't include retail and institutional that because the institutions are at Lending Club and Prosper, they're helping us because we know we have lots of lenders that we can go out and spend the money to get the borrowers. And it's a, it's a really important balance that everybody understand the need to have retail and institutional on these platforms. Right. Right. So, and on that note, like a lot of people today, the institutions especially, they're all investing through the API. And, uh, and you've got, you know, for the, in, for the retail investor, it's just, it's not as easy 
for them to, you know, to access to have the technology and the technical know-how to, to do that. And the automated quick invest just runs so much slower than the API. Are you, are you thinking about making some, making some changes to that so it can run at the same time or what? Because it feels like unless you've got access to the API, you're, you're, you're going to miss out on the most popular loans. So we're committed to improving AQI, our automatic investment filter program, and Premier to be even more efficient. And as you know, there's an ecosystem now of lots of different third-party technologies that connect to our API and lending clubs that give state-of-the-art lender investment programs. So that's definitely something we're committed to continuing to improve. So how do you feel philosophically about this big, um, you know, this big horse race at feeding time where the, the loans come on and everyone's like, right in there trying to get the loans, that their favorite loans. Is that something that I mean, you're okay with? You're obviously, it's been, it's been that way for a while, but what do you think about that whole concept? So we think of ourselves as an online exchange for consumer credit. And if you go back to the Buttonwood tree, stocks traded twice a day. <laughs> right. And we really think that this peer-to-peer finance and online consumer finance exchange, which we are, will have a real-time ticker tape where we post loans from borrowers to lenders all day long, every second, that there's literally a ticker tape and that we're moving towards that real-time environment where things will be bid very differently going forward. And you literally may see an index and a ticker tape on CNBC about peer-to-peer loans. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. So, so what you're saying is that eventually you think real-time, a borrower comes in, applies for a loan, they get through the initial verification and boom, it's on the platform at you know, 10 past 12 in the afternoon. Yeah, I think in a year or two or less, we'll look back and talk about the days when loans were only posted two or three or four times a day and chuckle. Right. Okay. That, 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 that makes sense to me. And I think it would be, it would be a good thing for, for the industry. Because I mean, I can't imagine the hit on your servers, Lending Club servers as well. It's like you get this huge rush over two minutes and then it's over. <laughs> okay. So wanted to talk about the, you know, you're, you just, as we, I've mentioned earlier, you moved away from the institutional investor role because you just didn't need it anymore, right? There was just, you had enough institutional investors. And now I've heard that you're actually, you're turning, you're turning large investors away. Do you think we'll, we'll get back to equilibrium sometime? And what, what do you, I mean, it seems like there's so much money coming onto the platforms. You're turning people away. You must hate doing that as a, as a sales guy. I mean, what's, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? So we're trying to make sure this is a balanced platform and clearly letting any more institutions on at this point will lead to further imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so we literally have not added a new institution to our platform in many, many weeks. And as we increase inventory, we may or may not add one or two, but the institutions we have on have really enabled us to grow and the retail that's on has enabled us to grow. And we're really seeing a lot of new money coming in from retail. I have spent most of my time out of the office speaking to regulators. I'm at the Fed in DC on Monday morning. I'm at the Barclays Payments Conference Monday afternoon. I'm at the Reuters Conference Tuesday in New York next week. I'm going down to Palo Alto this afternoon to speak. And I'm speaking at the KPMG Financial Tech Conference. You, you get around, Ron. That's for and sure. so we're really getting around <laughs> to educate both borrowers and lenders about this industry, about the quality of it, about the focus on compliance and growth. And that's really my, my main focus at Prosper is to educate. And we've done that on the lender side. And we're really doing that on the borrower side now, which really is the key to growth, is helping borrowers understand debt consolidation, large purchase, and personal loans with a business purpose. Mm -hmm. 
So, so what are you talking to the regulators about? Is, is, that, is that something you've, you've been proactive about? We've been proactive with all the regulatory agencies, both the New York Fed, the Treasury, the SEC, the CFPB, the OCC, and the FDIC. And they've really appreciated us explaining what this is and what this isn't and how we're looking to help lenders and help borrowers get the right rate and the credit they deserve in a fixed term so they can actually be out of debt and improve their credit. And I think the regulators have really appreciated our transparency and our willingness to come forward with data and information. And we've taken lots of good feedback from the different groups about how to improve the ecosystem and the platform. So you haven't heard any any negative thoughts from regulators thinking things that might change down the road? Not at all. In fact, it's quite the contrary. They love the fact we're doing smaller loans to those people with very high rates helping them pay off those smaller loans, those DE or HR loans, improving their credit and helping these people rebuild their personal financial balance sheets. Because in many cases, these are underbanked or very, very poorly banked. And the other thing is the lenders now are getting more yield on their cash from the peer-to-peer platforms, helping them spend. And we're really helping in the home improvement sector, in the elective surgery sector, And even the automobile sector, we're seeing lots of borrowers come to us for things other than debt consolidation. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. So I've heard you joke from time to time, and I don't know if it's really a joke, is that you you pray for a a successful lending club IPO. So why, why is that important to prosper? So we think in this country we have the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, and we have a couple futures exchanges and a couple options exchanges. It's important for each of them to be strong in their own right, that in financial services, there is no winner-take-all. So we really think that the stronger Lending Club is with more capital and better partners, and the stronger that Prosper is, the stronger our ability to build these new exchanges for credit is. And we've worked with Scott and Renault on many different uh, occasions, and we really wish them the best. They've done a great job of executing in many respects, it's like MasterCard and Visa or Trulia and Zillow or Coke and Pepsi, Lending Club and Prosper. Okay, fair enough. So, so one thing, uh, I know you've got to get going, but I, I wanted to ask you something that comes up a lot. You've, you've obviously got, you're on a rapid growth trajectory. We still haven't seen a profitable quarter out of Prosper. When, when do you think that might happen? So the reality is we could be profitable at any time we choose to be. And at the moment, we've been advised by the industry and our investors and our lender and borrowers to continue to grow, to continue to spend money, smart money, efficient money, to find more borrowers to grow the platform. So clearly, profitability is something we're going to achieve this calendar year. It could be the second or third quarter, but we're really investing in growth, investing in new technologies, investing in mobile, investing in application by phone to make it easier for borrowers and hiring more engineers and security people and customer service people. We're opening up a new borrower service center in Phoenix. So we're spending money to invest in our growth and to really make this a successful platform. Okay. So then one last question. I've, I've, got, I've had you on the record a few times of predicting with amazing accuracy the uh, volume in the future of Prosper. So what's, what is your, what's your prediction for the the volume for 2014 as far as total lending volume for Prosper? So since its inception, Prosper has done almost a billion dollars in loan originations and will cross the billion dollar mark in April of 2014. 
we think we're going to do in excess of $1 billion in the calendar year 2014. And we're going to keep the quality and keep the validation, verification, and origination commitment to our borrowers and lenders that we've committed to. And we could grow even faster, but we're going to try to do this the right way with quality. Okay. Well, on that note, thank you very much, Ron. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you, Peter. Okay. Well, there you have it. Prosper is firing on all cylinders. Uh, it's exciting times here to be involved in this industry, that's for sure. And just one little anecdote that he threw out there towards the end that I thought was interesting was uh, talking about a mobile strategy. There's been very little movement uh, in that area in this industry so far. So I'm I'm going to be curious to see what comes down the pipe there when it comes to mobile. I I have a feeling they'll, they'll, that this may be the year where we finally see some some movement in that direction. On that note, I will sign off and uh, we will chat with you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.